Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Turning to the disciples, Jesus said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. In the name of Jesus, amen. There is no limit to the grace, mercy, and love that you are to show because there is no limit to Jesus' grace, mercy, and love shown to you. Limits and restraints and boundaries and rules that all belongs to the law. 
you are not obligated to be gracious. You don't have to be merciful. You are not required to love. These good works never come from you out of any threat or compulsion of the law. They are a gift to you. They are a fruit of your baptism in Jesus. They have been prepared for you from before the foundation of the world that you might live in them. But that doesn't stop us from trying to take control of even grace, mercy, and love. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What's the necessary minimum? What must be checked off? What tasks must be completed before I die so that I inherit eternal life? What must I do? How must I exercise my free will, my agency? Now, maybe it's a trick question, or maybe this lawyer lives according to the law. And Jesus plays along with it. What must you do? Well, what does the law say? It's a trap. The whole premise is outrageous. You can't do anything to inherit. Jesus says that the only way you can earn the favor of God the Father is to love him with all your heart and with all your soul and strength and your mind. The only way you can love God completely is by loving your neighbor with the same complete commitment. If you want to live by the law, then there are no exceptions. No looking the other way, no forgetting, no other priorities, no other life. So if you're the lawyer, that means that every time you see the neighbor in need of food, water, clothing, house, protection, employment, every time you must provide for them. So the same, every time you see your neighbor who is in doubt or despair, in unbelief, worry, in anxiety or distress, every time you must, according to the law, give them the comfort that is in Jesus. Every time, without exception, always loving your neighbor more than yourself. And it could only be by such complete self-giving that you could truly love God, your Father, and fulfill the law's demands. Again, only by such complete self-giving could you ever love God and fulfill the law. That's why the lawyer smarted at Jesus' words when he said, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. He couldn't handle it. There's got to be a loophole. There's got to be a way out. There's got to be some narrower definition of what it means to have a neighbor so that your demands are obtainable. He, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? This happens all the time. 
Pastor, are those who need food and shelter my neighbor? Well, yes. Love them with everything you've got. Pastor, that guy who creeps me out and needs my love and care, is he my neighbor? Yes. Be merciful as your father is merciful. Pastor, are those folks that are living across or down the street from me happily living outside of faith in Jesus and thus in danger of losing or not even obtaining Christ's inheritance, are they my neighbor? Yes, they are too. Love them by persistently inviting them into the fellowship of Christ's church. Well, but pastor, what about my coworkers and my friends who won't speak to me because of what I've said and done? Are they still my neighbors? Yes. Love them too by pleading for their forgiveness and making restitution with them generously and completely. Now, Pastor, what about, though, the church, this congregation, the school? I don't even have kids there. Well, yes, those are your neighbors too. Because how will your neighbors receive the gifts of God if there's not a faithful congregation? where they may hear preaching and be baptized and eat and drink of Christ's body and blood under his command for their forgiveness. Who's my neighbor, pastor? And we could go on and on, trying to narrow down the definition, but actually in the process finding out the definition is as broad as everyone. According to God's law expressed in Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19, There actually are no exceptions, no loopholes, no limits or constraints to the love that God demands. Your whole life must be completely given to God and the neighbor in love if you desire to live and inherit eternal life by your work or favor. But as we learned from St. Paul today, that word quoted by Jesus to the lawyer was not given to annul or negate the promise. No, love God and love neighbor was not given that you could obtain eternal life by obedience. As Paul said expressly, that command to love God and love your neighbor completely and fully was given because of trespasses, added. It was not given, God did not speak that word to give you life but to show you your sin, your lack of love, the way that you restrain your lovelessness, to teach you who you are in the flesh, and that you don't actually love God or your neighbor as you ought. But long before the law was given, the promise of love was made to Abraham. Not love by compulsion or obligation or duty, but love in the flesh and blood offspring that is Christ. The law was given to show you your trespasses and to lead you to faith in Christ, who alone is the one who has fulfilled the law, who has loved God and loved his neighbor so completely and fully, following without exception the will and plan of God the Father, for you. There is only one who loves his neighbor 
with his whole heart, mind, soul, body, strength. And he gave himself in love for the life of every man, woman, and child. The point of the parable today, who is my neighbor, is that you may learn who is Jesus' neighbor. Everyone. Levite, priest, Samaritan, man in the ditch. No exceptions, no limits. And you can't inherit eternal life. That's a kind of a silly way of speaking. You can't earn Jesus. You receive him not by way of law, but by way of promise. A promise made to you in his will and testament. His inheritance is only given to you actually at the death of the testator. Think about it. Try telling your dying uncle how much you deserve his wealth. It's kind of rude. Why not pester your parents to just get it over with already so that you can have a healthy chunk of their estate? That's not even rude. That's actually evil. Let's try the same with Jesus. Jesus, give me my inheritance. That's not how it works. The promise is a gift given freely, without compulsion. In this case, in the case of Christ, out of the goodness of the deceased. And actually, most often to children who had no part, no deserving of being even called children. We learn in Jesus that he doesn't need the threat of the law to love you. He loves you completely because he is God in the flesh, and God is love. He's driven by love because love is his nature. It's not your nature, not according to the flesh. And yet, whoever is baptized into Christ is baptized into his love. The only reason you know love at all is because you have been joined to the lovely Jesus. Love, as Paul says, is patient, kind, not boasting, gentle, heals, it serves. Love forgives all sin. Love is life-giving for the body. And it is the love of Jesus in giving himself wholly into death for you. It is his love fulfilling the law. And by that, you have the promise of eternal life. For where there is forgiveness, there is life and eternal salvation for all who believe in Jesus. So what then about the law? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. How can you do such a thing? How can you show mercy like that of the Good Samaritan to the one in need? Again, hear me. It will never come in you by hard work or by threat or by rules or by obligation or duty. The only way that there is any love in you is by holding fast to love, whose name is Jesus. And in him, you are the beloved of God. Maybe you've heard it said, we love because God in Christ first loved us. We love only because we live in faith in the promise of Jesus Christ, who is given to you, who believe. 
A helpful way to go about understanding the sayings of Jesus, then, is always to see how is Jesus confessed by his own word. Jesus himself was the one who was allowed to fall among the thieves. Jesus is the one who was stripped and beaten and marred beyond any human resemblance. Jesus is the one who was left for dead, not in a ditch, but hanging upon a Roman cross. And all this he suffered for you, to forgive your every unfaithful and unloving thought, word, and deed. He knows that you lack both faith to believe in him and strength to love your neighbor. And he doesn't excuse it. No, he forgives it. He is the faithful one who has perfectly fulfilled God's law, loving all humanity with his love such as the world has never known. And there is no greater love than this, that Jesus laid down his life for you, his friends. That's why you're here today. Not because you love, but to be loved by Jesus. And you know that God in Christ loves you wholly and fully because you have been forgiven wholly and completely. You know God's love because he has sent to you his messenger today to give you that good news of salvation. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know God's love when you eat and drink of the flesh and blood of Jesus. Flesh and blood given out of the love of God for the forgiveness of his sinners. And living in this love, God has promised to work love in you for others. He has promised to work in you that love that gives wholly, freely, and completely for your neighbor. May God grant it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.